Hi everyone, it's Victoria Stillwell here. Thanks so much for listening to our Positively podcast. And before we start, I'd like to take a minute to just thank our fabulous sponsor, Adaptil. Separation can be very stressful for anyone, but mostly for your dog. And this can lead to various types of stress-related behaviors, including destructive chewing, excessive barking, house soiling. But now there's help. You can help your dog better cope with staying home alone with Adaptil. Adaptil is available from your veterinarian and it's proven to reduce stress in dogs so that your pet feels more safe and secure. This leads to a reduction of unwanted behaviors. If you want to learn more, go to Adaptil.com. The time has come. I like that. The time is now. For Victoria Stilwell's Positively Podcast. She's a world-renowned dog trainer. Seen enough dogs today, have you? She's the host of It's Me or the Dog. I'm coming to train you. Along with co-host Holly Ferfer. You don't play around with that name, do you? I am a fan of Shreddy Balls. She's Victoria Stilwell, and she's ready to go. This is a lovely way to start the day. You get the busy bee. I need to trim my whiskers. I see some poo here. I feel a little bit better now because I'm the only one who usually feels stupid during the podcast. Now, let's head to the studio and get this Positively Podcast started. Here we are again. Hey, everybody. It's two in a row. Oh, I know. We're on a roll. Thanksgiving. Next week. How yes. is it? First of all, it's freakishly warm across the country, mm-hmm. even in Chicago where my parents are. But down here, I'm loving it. I'm not going to lie. In the 70s and in the 60s, because usually we get two weeks in the spring, two weeks in the fall. And usually I'm traveling, so I get like one day and then I come back and it's 100. I love this. I think I want to live in San Diego my whole life because this is the weather. Oh, it's beautiful, isn't it? I love Absolutely it. beautiful. And that's why, you know, I was brought up in England. Yeah. <laughs> it's freezing cold. It's snowing up north. It's freezing cold and it's raining. So, no, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm <laughs> one of those horrible people now when my mum calls. I, yeah. She's like, oh, it's so cold and it's raining outside. And I'm like, oh, sorry, mum, it's 80 degrees. Yeah, I'm wearing shorts. Oh. But it's weird because it doesn't feel like Thanksgiving's coming, you know, which I'm not complaining, but holy smokes, how did we get here again? It's been a year. And for those of you who are not listening, I mean, you're listening and you're not, you don't live in the U.S., um, Thanksgiving is a national holiday that happens the third week of November. And it's literally, it's a holiday of Thanksgiving. I love it. And it's beautiful and everyone eats turkey and those poor turkeys get killed. (laughs) For those of you who Well, some of us eat tofurkey. Yeah. Some of us that do. That would be me. And um, But, yeah, it's where families come together and give thanks. For everything. For everything. And you know what? I, I got to tell you, honestly, there's so much to be thankful for. Um, you know, we talk about this every year. And my grandma is 94. She'll be Gosh. 95 in May. She's I've amazing. I've met her. She's amazing. Yeah, she's incredible. And I got to tell you, like, when people say, what are you thankful for? I'm like, first of all, thankful, A, that she's with us and can celebrate another holiday. But B, that I've hopefully got some of her genes. <laughs> I'm getting to that halfway point, and I'm just going to keep going. Hashtag life crisis. That's my new thing. We'll talk about that another time. We will talk about we'll that wait. another We'll time. wait on that one. Um, so oh what are you doing? For, are you going to be here for Thanksgiving? Do you yes. go to your... No, I'm going to be here. Hallelujah. Because I've traveled nice. so much. It's just, it's crazy. But but um, I also want to tell you that, um, did you know that November is the worst month for deer collisions? Deer collisions. Deer well, collisions. I can sort of see that, but 
I guess maybe because the deer, it's cold in some places and the well, rumps. Well, is, here it is. You see, yeah. uh, every year there are about one million collisions with deer. Why in November is it worse? Well, because wait, funny it's I should ask. That this is funny you should ask. Yes, <laughs> this is partially due to mating season, which typically oh. lasts from October to December or January. Oh. And more deer car collisions occur in November than in any other month. It's in the middle of it. They must lose their minds like people yes. do. Yes, I think you know these these boys are chasing the girls, and the girls run away, oh. and, and then maybe and then we drive along, and we're like, Look and out. we hit them. Wow, that's good to know. So especially if you're in an area. And they to keep an eye out. Exactly. They move more during fall months. Fall, as in autumn months. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And maybe, maybe they say that's because they secure breeding opportunities mm-hmm. or avoid hunting pressure. It's not totally clear. It could be both, but maybe yes. Maybe foraging for food, too, as it's getting colder. They're trying to, maybe. you know... Just be careful when you're driving out there. I know so many people that have yep. had accidents with deer. Good gosh. And they can kill you. And they do, yeah. Or and the very, at the very least, do a lot of damage mm-hmm. to the car and to the animal. Mm-hmm. That's good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so speaking of like in those areas, you were up in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, where there is. It's like that big deer, you know, whatever, <sighs> nature. But what were you doing up there? Okay. Well, I was out for Puppy Mill Awareness Day. Mm-hmm. And it's a day every year where we celebrate the survivors. We... We Aww. raise awareness about puppy mills yeah. and give education out there about, you know, not buying a puppy from a pet store or uh, online. And um, we celebrate as the Day of Hope where we celebrate the survivors that have been rescued from the puppy mills. Most notably, Aww. the breeding sires or dams that for some reason or another have been given up and we've been able to go rescue. Now, we know that the puppy mills... Um, all over the country and there are over 1 million puppies that are purchased from puppy mills every year. Mm. So, and they're thought to be, well, there are thousands, about 3,000. I think I'd, I want to get my facts right, so I'm not going to quote it, but there are literally thousands of puppy mills in this country. Is it Thousands and thousands. A quick question. Is it illegal in most states, or are there some states that, or are there few states? Like, what are the laws against puppy mills? There isn't. There aren't laws. I mean, oh. they have to be licensed. Really? Um, but there's no enforcement. And, for example, Pennsylvania, which is one yeah. of the worst um, states for puppy mills, they, there was le- new legislation brought in that limited the amount of breeding pairs you were allowed to have, hmm. but you're still allowed to have them. And of course, nobody regulates, not enough people to enforce the law. So whenever laws are changed, as they have been changed in Pennsylvania and Missouri, there's no one really to enforce them. Down here in Georgia, there's a puppy mill uh, fight going on right now with evidence of absolute cruelty. The wow. George Department of Agriculture is, you know, basically not not even unable. They just unwilling. What's the just... What's the word? Um, it's not. It It is unwilling, but they just it's seem apathetic. to be ineffective. Yeah, it, it yeah. really is. And so these poor dogs are suffering. But anyway, we were in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and uh, for Puppy Mill Awareness Day. And the day before that, we got the chance to ride around with some of the rescue groups Mm -hmm. and um, with a wonderful um, girl called Grace Kelly from Finding Shelter and another couple of rescue people. And they have a relationship with the Amish. 
Oh. The only people that they're allowed to go, they'll be calling the silent angels and they go around. And when Amish are finished, or like a, a, a breeding adult is not breeding, then they call them and the rescue groups come in and get them. You're wow. not going to be able to shut down these puppy mills, but you might as well say, hey, we're here. We'll take your breeding um, adults when you're finished with them. Or if they're not breeding for you, we'll take them so they don't have to electrocute them or drown them because they don't get put to sleep. Yeah. You know, No, 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 no. Oh, they get gosh. killed. And... Um, or they just let to starve to death. Would that be under the animal cruelty laws, or do these states have very lenient animal Very lenient cruelty? stuff, but again, yeah. no enforcement. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is the first time. I mean, I've driven around Pennsylvania. You go to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, for example, and it's like going back in time. Mm -hmm. It is the Amish. It is the Mennonites, mm -hmm. and they're going around in their little black buggies with their horses, and they don't like to interact with the English that's what they call everybody else who are not the Amish. Um, they don't like to interact with them except to sell them stuff. Mm. So they do make beautiful furniture and they do sell crops. And one of the biggest crops are puppies. They make mm. a lot of money. Some of these farmers are making half a million dollars from the sale of puppies per year. And that's on top of all the crops and wow. the furniture they're selling. It's big, big business. Now, what was interesting when I was going around and we went into a few of these Amish puppy mills mm -hmm. and speaking to a lot of these Amish people for them these animals they're just you know they're mm -hmm. just animals they're mm -hmm. just there to provide it's them merchandise. money merchandise that's it they're very you know they're very uh, clear about it that's it and um, we picked up a lot of very very sick dogs mm. very sick dogs but we rescued them and one of them uh, which we rescued which we didn't think we were going to get was because the puppy Miller thought he could still breed from her was a very sick bulldog oh. who had mange. Her eyes were closed from infection. Oh the farmer had tried to treat her, her, her eye infection by pouring cow's milk into her oh eyes. Oh my God. Set that shows their ignorance. Yes. And, um, fortunately, and I say fortunately, this dog vomited three times when we were there. And, um, I saw that, that, uh, you know, there were bicycles, uh -huh. The kids' bicycles. And I said to the Amish Miller, along with Grace Kelly, like, you have kids here? I mean, this mange, if it's psychotic mange, the kids can get it. This dog is very sick. Your other dogs could get this sickness. And wipe out your whole, wipe out your whole thing. crop. So there. Wow. So we got Miss Violet. I named her Violet or Miss V. And um, we're going to put some pictures up on the... Uh, so you're going to see Miss Miss Violet, yes. But we were filming also for a film called Little Olive. Mm. And uh, Little Olive is a new documentary that I'm taking part of that's um, from Shelter Island Films. And uh, it's going to be an amazing documentary that's going to tell about this wonderful Italian greyhound called Little Olive mm -hmm. who started this whole movement about she is literally the voice she gives a voice to the voiceless mm -hmm. and she this this beautiful film is going to show yes the devastation of puppy mills but it's going to give you solutions good and so i'm very excited about doing that and uh if google little olive and you'll be able to find out more information and when it's going to come out when we'll yes well we're still filming know before right now it comes absolutely out. will absolutely oh, will but great. next podcast maybe well I'll, I'll give you all the links so you can take a look at it and um we we need we need funding as well to to finish the production maybe so. we could put it up on the website too yes, so people we can. can see it we'll put of it up course. on the positively.com website um that's awesome you know and and i wish <clears throat> i mean the bigger picture that we would have stronger animal cruelty laws because that 
could solve some of the problems because, I mean, right now, you know, if it's a misdemeanor or if it's really no law at all, then, you know, no one's really going to pursue it. No one's going to check on an animal. But if it could be a felony, you know, maybe they would take it more seriously. And, you know, if they levied big fines, whether it's a misdemeanor or a felony, huge fines to make money for the county, make money for the city or the state, maybe that's the solution. There you go. And that's, you know, that's one of the solutions. So, again, if you're interested in um, taking a look at the film, go to A Voice for Little Olive. So it's A Voice for Lil, as in L-I-L. Olive.com. Okay, a voice for little olive.com. You'll be able to find out all about it. But I'm very excited to be part of that film. Oh, I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love when we get good news and I things know. to look forward to. I know. Hey, you got something on your mind? Are you a wizard of genius? How do they make a miniature? I mean, is there some way, some process they they physically miniaturize the dog, or is it a puppy, or what? What the devil is going on? That's a really good question. I've got my work cut out for me here. Next time you want to know something, can you repeat the question? Why don't you ask Victoria? She's the expert with this kind of stuff, you know. Uh, You obviously don't know my dog. Just ask Victoria. Ask Victoria is sponsored by our good friends at Zooks. For over 20 years, Zooks has been making healthy, natural dog treats that energize and entice your dogs. And they continue to innovate with a new line of nutritious food launched this year. Now, all of Zook's treats and food choices are, thankfully, free of harsh additives, preservatives, and common allergens like wheat, corn, and soy. And I think the reason why my dogs love them so much is because they're made with the best, wholesome, nutrient-rich ingredients that nature has to offer. Zook's provides dogs the fuel they need to enjoy adventures and embrace training time. If you want to learn more, go to zooks.com. Ask away, Holly. All right. Here's a, let's start with this one because I can relate to this one and it's an easy one. I know what you're going to say, but Alex in Colorado does not. And Alex needs to know, does a, keeping a dog in a backyard give them all the exercise they need for the day without walks, training, or playing? No. Why not? Because <laughs> the backyard... Even if it's a big backyard, mm-hmm. soon becomes just like another room in your house. It's not new and different. Dogs have such incredible senses, and those senses need to be stimulated, and they need to be stimulated by seeing new things and hearing new sounds and smelling new smells. And that's why you need to take them for a walk, because walk's not just about physical exercise. It's also about mental stimulation. So, no. That's, I mean, that's a simple answer to that question. Great. I'm glad that, that Alex asked that question, though, mm-hmm. um, because a lot of people do leave, leave their dogs out in the backyard thinking, oh, that's enough exercise, or you know, the dogs, at least it's outside, or they leave their dog in the backyard all day when they're mm-hmm. at work, and then the dog starts to bark, and then it's a backyard barker. No, don't do that. Take your dog out. for Look, I know. I sympathize. I, too, find it hard to walk my dogs every day. However, I love it when I do it. And it's great exercise for me, too. Mm-hmm. Get out there with your dog. And um, I can tell you firsthand that you have to do it because that's how I met Victoria. Because one of my monstrous mutts, which was the episode of It's Me or the Dog that we did together, um, my monstrous mutt, Sweet Cashmere, was digging out of the yard. And I kept saying, but the yard is beautiful. Look at all the space she has. It's, like, amazing. And that's exactly what happened. But she was Forward. She wanted to see what was out there. And so if I wouldn't do it, she was doing it on her own. 
You betcha. <laughs> what a smart dog she is. <laughs> okay, this is Wendy in Florida, and she asks, how do I get my dog to focus on me? When she's focused, she will do all her basic commands, but in an environment that is distracting, such as a park, she will only sit on command. She doesn't look at me when I ask her to lay down or come, etc. She just turns her head from me or looks at everything else but me. So it sounds like she's got a rebellious child. Question. Mm-hmm. Why are you making your dog sit and lie down in a park? That's a good question. It is a good question. Now, um, unless you're doing some obedience training or something for competition or something, use these cues. I don't like calling them commands. We're not mm-hmm. commanding our dogs from on high. Use <laughs> these cues sparingly. Mm-hmm. Like, why are you making them sit? Is it because you um, there's lots of people around, lots of kids playing, and you want the dog to sit close to you or you know why are you making the dog lie down think about the substrate that the dog is lying on is it grass is it concrete is it hot is it cold is it itchy is it wet is it dry think about um you know would you like to lie down (laughs) would you feel vulnerable if you lay down Mm -hmm. and there's so much going on around you you don't want to be in a vulnerable position laying down if there's so much going on around you Think of it from the dog's point of view. And that's the reason why he or she is not listening to you because um, you're not really mm-hmm. a, you said you're not connecting with the dog because you're actually asking the dog to do things the dog really doesn't want to do in that environment. Mm. So if she, because it says that she'll sit on command, but that's it. So yeah. maybe then if she's worried that her dog's not paying attention or take her to not such an exciting environment. Yeah, not and take no sign and, and, and proof the behavior. We call proofing. As you, you take it, you, you start doing focus exercises. And we mm-hmm. just do like, we, we call it attention exercises. So mm-hmm. when a dog looks at you, you, you reward. Yeah. Even if you haven't asked for it, right. you just reward. And then you could start putting it on cue. And then you can say the dog's name. The dog looks at you reward and um and that you you build it up inside the house and then you start using it outside the house too so you get their attention you make yourself interesting so they do focus on you a lot you play a game with them mm-hmm. so actually playing the game is more exciting than running over and greeting that other dog and so uh you sort of set yourself up for success and your dog up for success by thinking of ways in which you can make yourself more exciting All right. This is from Lori in Texas, and she says, My 15-year-old dog suddenly became afraid to sleep in the house at night. He slept in my room all his life with no problem, but one night, about five months ago, he stood and stared out the bedroom door and then repeatedly pawed at my bed. I eventually had to put him out at night. Oh, he's 15. He sleeps in the garage now. I'm worried about when it gets cold. I'd rather have him inside at his age. I've tried leaving lights on and two different anxiety meds that did not work. How can I help him? Ugh. I wonder if anybody's told her about canine cognitive dysfunction. Because mm-hmm. that's what it sounds like. It's like you know, dementia for dogs. It is. It really is. And there's, there's, it's, kind of, it's difficult to manage because it is a dementia. Mm-hmm. He's 15. And you know what the one of the classic signs of it is um, the, their sleep and awake patterns become very different they become much more wakeful at night Mm -hmm. and um they get more anxious Mm -hmm. and they get more anxious especially at twilight Mm -hmm. and at dawn like people that's sundowners disease yeah and it sounds exactly this dog is experiencing exactly that so 
go back to your veterinary and I would say a veterinary behaviorist, mm -hmm. not just your veterinarian, because I think you need to have maybe um, some different kind of meds. Mm -hmm. um, and if you're worried about it being cold in the garage, build a nice little dog bed out there, maybe a crate uh, with some very nice warm blankets. Um, because if your dog chooses to go sleep out there or chooses to go sleep in a certain different part of the house and they're sleeping, and, and they're okay, yeah. let them do it. But are you, I'm a little worried about putting a 15-year-old dog in the garage when they don't want to be there, that you're doing it for you to get sleep, because that could be just very disturbing. No, I don't think she's doing that, though, is she? With this? Well, she's, I eventually had to put him out at oh, night. He to. sleeps in the garage now. I'm worried about when it gets cold. I'd rather have him inside mm -hmm. at his age, unless you're right, unless he wants to go out. But Yeah, or is there a room that he can be downstairs or something with a baby gate so that prevents him from wandering? Mm -hmm. Um, I think sort of, you know, keeping lights on is okay, but um, too much light, maybe he needs some dark. Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe he needs some soft music. Uh, maybe you need to keep him a little bit more active during the day so that he sleeps better at night. Feed him some, uh, you know, what kind of food are you feeding him? Maybe change the diet. It's rich in oils like coconut oil, which um, is full of medium chain triglycerides or MCTs. And this, you know, as you as your brain ages, mm -hmm. um, there's less energy from glucose. And uh, glucose is what fuels the brain. So there's less available glucose for the brain. So the brain shuts and down. And the brain sort of, yeah, shuts down. So actually MCTs gives it back that, that glucose again. Um, it's not glucose, but in a different form. And that can help with cognitive um, function. So try try these different things and hopefully your uh, your old boy will... We'll get better. Yeah, you know, I had a 14-and-a-half-year-old lab who had those anxiety attacks. Mm. And it, the one thing is it took a while, like the meds. How long did you try the meds? Because my vet told me it would take two to three weeks to start yeah, seeing sometimes. anything and then to adjust the yeah. dosage. So sometimes mm -hmm. maybe it's not, a, you know, you're not going to see a change after two or three days, depending. I don't know how long she's tried. But, oh, and I love the dog. And, uh, wow, amazing, Lori, that your dog is 15. That I mean, how great is that? I love it. If only we can make him live forever. Thanks for tuning in to Victoria Stillwell's Positively Podcast. For more information, visit Positively.com. Get connected on Facebook and YouTube as Victoria Stillwell or follow her on Twitter at Victoria S. This season of the Positively Podcast is brought to you by Adaptil. Best behavior starts with Adaptil. Go to Adaptil.com to learn more. Be sure to tune in next time as Victoria helps to change dogs' lives positively. <laughs>